Welcome everyone to another episode of More Marketing Ideas with me, Fred Gillen, your host, where you will learn from industry experts based on their life's experiences and business processes. So let's get on with the show. In today's podcast, I'd like to welcome Peter Beckenham. Peter is an online solopreneur sales strategist. He's an Aussie guy who lives and works in a remote village in Thailand. And his tagline is the village marketer. He's living proof that you're never too old to serve and help others to achieve a transformational impact on both them and their businesses. Previously, Peter spent 16 wonderful years as a teacher in Australia. And for the last 36 plus years, he's been immersed in the exciting field of sales. He's proud of having two awesome adult children in Australia from a previous marriage, Chrissy and Matt, who are both achieving at the top of their games. So with that introduction, Peter, welcome to the podcast. Normally I'll ask um, the, you know, the person that I'm interviewing to introduce themselves and just tell us a bit more, but I've given a brief um, bio of you in here. So really what I want to try and do is find out, like, well, tell us a little bit about your background to start with, and then we'll move on to the business aspect. So you just give us a bit of background of where you came from, you know, what you grew up as, um, your in a brief synopsis of how you went through the starting years and then how you eventually got into business. Okay. Nice to see you, Fred. Um, I originally started off as a school teacher in Australia. I'm an Aussie, okay? Started off as a school teacher in Australia. Absolutely loved it. Truly loved it. Didn't plan to be a school teacher, but ended up that way, right? And unfortunately, over the years, um, I did the job pretty well, but I got I kept getting promoted. And I got to the stage when I was promoted to a deputy principal of a school. And even though I didn't have a problem leading the staff, it, it meant that I couldn't teach kids anymore. And that's all I wanted to do is teach the kids, right? So I said to them, look, I don't want this job. I said, but, 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 you know, you've got increase in salary and all this sort of rubbish. I said, I don't want it. I just want to teach the kids. I said, oh, no, don't worry about that. Well, Fred, I'm an administration nightmare. Always have been, always will be, right? So I said, thanks for coming. I'm going. I'm off, all right? <laughs> and I thought, now what am I going to do? <laughs> I hadn't thought too much about this, right? And yeah, long and short was, I thought, well, there's two jobs that I know that people hate, okay? And if I can do them better than anybody else, then, then I reckon I can do it, okay? One was a used car salesman, and the other one was a life insurance agent. So I decided I'm going to get a job as a life insurance agent. But it took me five goes to get a job because they all knew who I was from, from my school thing, right? And I was in Rotary at the time. And they, they said, ah, oh, pretty don't be an agent, for goodness sake. Come, let's go and have lunch together. Every manager I met didn't think I was serious. So I finally found one didn't know me, got a job as an agent. And that's what started me off, okay, in the sales and marketing side. That's whew, 36 years ago, Fred, show my age, right? 36 years ago. After 16 years in teaching, then 36 years, nearly 37 years in sales and marketing. And I've been there ever since. And what I've basically done is made every mistake under the sun you can possibly think about, but at the same time, learnt some really good lessons, which I'm happy to share today with some people who may find them helpful. But more important than that, 
I realized something else. And that is that business is all about people first. It's not about you. It's not about what you offer. It's not about the company. It's not about how good your service is. It's not a, not how long your, your company's been in business. If they don't buy you, then they're not going to buy anything. That's I learned that lesson the hard way. Does that make I sense? Can, yeah, no, absolutely. I can understand that. But one question that came out of that was that, like, when you had to make the decision and, and whether it was just you pick one and didn't matter, but you said you had two choices. You could become a used car salesman or an insurance salesperson. What made you decide or, or was it just you, you just said, oh, I've just got to pick one? I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I think probably because, I mean, cars had never been that great interest to me, to be quite frank, Fred. I mean, that just get me from A to B, be quite yeah. frank. Whereas life insurance was a bigger challenge because you're selling something that is that you can't put your hands on, right? And nobody likes to talk about death, for example, right? So to me, that represented a bigger challenge. And I, at the same time, I must tell you, I was not very popular with my family for making this decision, right? So I had to prove them wrong at the same time. And to be quite frank with you, I did far better as a life insurance agent than I would have done ever, even as a school principal. And basically, I did it because of one thing. I wasn't interested in the products. I said, please don't sit me down and teach me all the rate books and, and product information. I'm not interested. I really am not interested. I'll find someone else to do that. Just let me talk to the people. And I'll bring someone with me who's an expert in all the products. And if, they, if the customer needs to know about the products, I'll refer to them. And that's exactly what I did. So I go and talk to Fred Gillen. I say, hey, Fred, how you doing? Da, da, da. By the way, please don't ask me anything about life insurance because I haven't got a clue. And that was the absolute truth. I haven't got a clue. But I'd like to talk to you about you and your family, okay? And if the need for life insurance comes up, well, then I'll get young Harry over here to give you some ideas. How does that sound? And that's what I did. That, that, it, that's, it's a different approach to I suppose that the question that comes to mind for me, and that is that was anybody else in the insurance industry doing the same thing at the time? Or were no. they all selling the products? They're all selling the product in the company, right? And I mean, I became rookie of the year. Then they asked me to become the agency manager. I said, no, no, that's an administration job. I don't want that to be in there. They <laughs> said, no, 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 Peter. We want you to train other people to do what you're doing. Oh, okay. That's the old school teacher coming out of me, right? So and they said, you get a company car. Well, big deal, right? So, so I became the agency manager and became the number one agency manager in Australia after a couple of years. Then they asked me to become the national Australian, the Australian manager, Australian sales manager. And I did that, but, but that all then started getting back in the administration side, Fred. So I said, enough. Enough. Okay, that'll do. I'm going to go and start my own business because I'm not a corporate person and I'm not an administrator and I don't like playing corporate politics. So I thought I'll just look after me. And the best way to do that is to say thanks for coming and away. And I went and started my own sales and marketing business. And all I did was combine the sales experience I had with the teaching love that I had. And that's why I'm coaching. That's what it is. 
So, so that was a great segue because it means that then, um, like you moved from because you always wanted to be like a teacher, as you were saying, right? Mm-hmm. And as soon as it got to the admin stuff and it wasn't enjoyable, you, you moved on. So when Not you decide, Fred, I'm useless at it. <laughs> <laughs> so when you decided to move on, did you actually stick with the insurance industry as a niche, or did you just look at other niches and then pick another one? I I had a few clients to start with who were who were agents or what they call managing agents in those days, um, and I re- actually I recall being in, just as I had left being invited to a, to a conference in the United States put on by a group called LIMRA, okay, which doesn't it's Life Insurance Marketers Association, but I had to tell them I'd left the I'd left the business by then, but they still wanted me to come because they'd heard about the way I went about selling their stuff, right? Yep. Different to everybody else. And here I am in San Diego, Fred, just picture this. There's about, I don't know, three and a half, four thousand people in the room, okay? I'm the only Aussie there and probably the youngest, to be quite frank. And I hear I'm, I'm up on the stage and I'm telling these people, this is how I sell, right? Well, I can tell you it's not very pleasant to have people in the front row get up and walk out, Right? Actually, get up and walk out while I'm talking. <laughs> and people chat, 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 chat. So then I said, stop, stop. Before I go any further, hands up those people who have not earned 10000 bucks this month. Okay? And they put their hands up. I said, you are the people a bit of stay in this room. The rest of you, you can go. Because I will show you how to earn 10,000 bucks this month in the next 45 minutes. Are you interested? If you are, sit down, shut up and listen. And that's exactly <laughs> what I said, right? And so then I taught them how to go about building relationships with people rather than trying to sell their stuff. And that's what I've been doing ever since. So when you said 10,000 bucks, what year was that? Can you remember? Oh, Fred. Because, I mean, there's still a figure that's bandied about today. Uh, yeah, it, it'll be double that today. It'd be, it was in the late 80s, okay. last century. Right. So, yeah, so it was like setting a, a high target for people that, you know, the high achievers, if they weren't there, yeah. you were going to help them get there. Because for, I knew a lot of people in the room weren't making any money. I knew that, right? I mean, the agency managers in those days were making their money, but the, there's a lot of agents who were really struggling because they were – Using old-fashioned sales techniques, and 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 you know what the, the the name and image of a life insurance agent was like in those days, right? That's exactly what it was. Yeah. So I yeah. was trying to show them a different way to do it, but they thought this is too much out of left field. So you mentioned that you like you you, you know you're mainly an Australian based, but then you went and you did this conference in San Diego. So mm-hmm. was there much difference from your perspective of? And I, I think I know the answer, right? But from your perspective of the sales coaching aspect, because of the difference in the products, or, or did you get that um, negative feedback from the people because they said, uh, he sells insurance in Australia, he doesn't know anything about our stuff here? It's because the Australian um, training for insurance came from the United States anyway, right? Okay. Whatever the United States did, Australia did. And, all, and I was actually challenging the status quo. And that's why I wasn't very popular. But, you know, that stuff now 
unfortunately still being taught by some people and they, they wonder why they can't make any money. Because people, people, I don't want to get, I don't want to get too deep into this, can, but can I share this with you? Absolutely. That's why we're here. Sure. Whatever business you're in, forget life insurance. I mean, I, I, I did some work with life insurance, but then I end up going into the hospitality area um, throughout Asia, in Singapore, uh, Hong Kong, Indonesia, Thailand, etc. And I was teaching people in the hospitality area how to get bums in beds. That's what it amounted to, right? By doing the same thing, exactly the same thing, by actually building a relationship with people, not trying to sell them stuff. And what I'm trying to get people to understand is this. If you're starting off in business, okay, then don't be scared to be vulnerable. Don't be scared to make a mistake. Be ordinary. Okay, so people can resonate with you. People can't, people know Tony Robbins and they think he's ants pants, but they, most people can't, can't relate to him per se. They can be impacted by him, but they can't relate to him because he's way up in the air, right? Yeah. I'm not being critical of Tony Robbins, but that's him, right? But if you are ordinary, people can relate to you. If they can see that you've made mistakes, they can relate. Yes, he understands me. Yes, I understand that. So if you can be ordinary, then at the same time, extraordinary. In other words, show them that you've had that same problem. You've had that same mistake. You've had those same feelings, okay? but you've overcome them. Then you're both ordinary and extraordinary. Can you see where I'm coming from? Yeah, it, it, exactly, and and I suppose that like that's where we both come from, like similar backgrounds and stuff. And like you've grown up, you know, as a, a teacher, and I started life as an electrician and moved on and do the coaching now as well. But um, and it, and it is, it's all about relationships. Like you, you can't sell to somebody; they've got to want to buy. It. Right. Well, so you've got to get them into that. that they're not mode. interested. They're not interested in what you have, Fred. No. They really don't give a darn. They all they want to know is. Can you solve their problem? Don't give them, I've been in business for 50 years, I've got the bills, best X, Y, and Z. They don't care. And you know what? They don't believe anyway. What you've got to do is build that relationship, and that's the key. People think, ah, just build a know, like, and trust relationship. Fred, those three words have been around for a long time, and people all know it. And you know what? They mangle it. They completely (laughs) mangle it, right? Know, like, and people. You don't, you don't have to have people like you in order then for them to become a customer. Okay? You don't that, have to do that. that that's different because I, I would have thought, um, and I, don't, I didn't mean to interrupt, but I would have thought that people have to, well, I would have thought they had to like you and relate to you more so and, and be comfortable with you in order to do business with you because if they, if they dislike you, I always thought that there's no way they're going to do business with you. So can you expand on that? Yeah. You are partially right. If, if, I mean, if I didn't like you, Fred, I probably wouldn't do business. That's what you're saying. I agree with that. But what I am saying is stop trying to work on getting people to like you in order to sell them something because it's, it's fake friendship. That's what I'm saying. What you should focus on is building 
resonance with them. Get them to resonate with you by being ordinary and extraordinary. Giving them that story, right? Get them to resonate with you. If they resonate with you, then they will respect you. And if they respect you, they will be inspired by you. And if they're inspired by you, Fred, guess what? They will follow your advice and become possibly a client. And even if they don't become a client, you can't lose because either they become a client or they've enjoyed the experience with you so much because you've actually taken them down a path that no one else has taken them down, that they'll be an advocate for you anyway. Can you see where I'm coming from? Yeah, no, no, 100%. Yeah, it's a, it's a totally different take to what I, you know, like you said, what you're used to hearing. And, and, and it does, that resonates with me, absolutely, because it's, it's so true. You know what you're saying. Uh, and it's just using the word like. So it's um, resonating with each other, I think, is more important. And it's more more dramatic. You know, the, the it phrase is. itself is more dramatic. And it's, it's certainly got a lot more meaning. It is. And it's and by the way, and it's not easy to do. You've got to work at it, right? But it's, you also got to be fair dinkum. You've got to be genuine about this. You can't fake. I mean, I used to, I always teach people this you cannot script sincerity right you can't do that and what i'm really getting the message to people i hope to who are listening to this especially if you're thinking about even trying to start a business or even if you're in a business think of these things one an expert knows something but an authority is known for something wow right? yeah, that is so powerful okay that so phrase is your so objective yeah. is to become an authority so you are known for something, okay, which means you differentiate yourself from your competitors. Let me put another way to you. People get paid the least, Fred, for what they do. They get paid the most for who they are. Hmm. Yeah, so it's a, a lot, a lot to contemplate there. The, um, you know, when you talked about the, the aspect of getting paid for what you know, what you, who you are, rather than what what you know or what you do, I mean that that's a powerful statement because it, it and it rings so true. You know, it's 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 absolutely spot on. So if you were starting out in business again, Peter, what, um, would you do anything different? Yeah, I would, because I made a hell of a lot of mistakes, Fred. <laughs> what um, the objective I would have right now, if I, you know, going back in hindsight, right, would be to become a trusted authority in whatever field it was in. And the way to become a trusted authority is to create as many memorable moments as I can for every person I came in contact with. In other words, whether they're potential clients, existing clients, or people who will never become clients. Create memorable moments. And Fred, you know part of what I do. I mean, I within the social media area, for example, I always try to thank people personally, right? And I do it by voice clips, for example, on Facebook or on LinkedIn. I mean, and you're familiar with what... Why yeah. do I do that? Because I want Fred to truly appreciate that I appreciate him. So I'm trying to create a memorable moment. I do that every day of the week. I live by it. Yeah, and, and I can I can actually attest to that because <laughs> as soon as we get off a, a Zoom call or a Zoom meeting or whatever else, 
I go to ping and suddenly it's a voice message from you. So, yeah, yeah absolutely. But, but the reason I'm doing it is not to try and impress you. The reason is because I believe in it. I want to say truly thank you for your contribution to our mastermind. In other words, it happens to be giving you, I hope, a memorable moment, even if it's only for a moment of a second. It doesn't cost anything. But that's the way of, I go about building myself as a trusted authority. The, the other is, thing about doing something like that is, is that you end up staying top of mind in somebody's, you know, brain. So when they think of somebody that uh, like you for that does coaching or whatever, then if I have a client that falls into your niche, you're the first one that comes to mind because you're basically in my head with these speech, speech clips. <laughs> yeah. Well, let me put it another way to you, Fred. You do not have to be the best in the world, right? You just have to be the best in their world. Think about that. There's been a lot of um, phrases that you've used in, in this, you know, the interview today. And it's actually going to be interesting because I'm actually going to pinch a lot of them and just make memes out of them and drop them up on social media because sure. there's been some really good nuggets in here. So, so we've covered off, you know, how you started and what you did and briefly what you're doing, but we haven't really covered off what you are doing today and how, you know, how do, what business you're in and how you help people and, and more importantly, how people can get in contact with you. I... I have a passion for helping. I don't work with corporates anymore. Fred, I'm not going back there, been there, done that, right? I work with solopreneurs who are basically online, who are struggling with sales because many people are really good at what they do. They really are good at what they do. But when it comes to trying to promote themselves, they are useless. They feel lost. They feel oh, sleazy and salesy if they've got to start pushing their services. So I teach them how to go about building a customer base based on memorable moments. Remember, I referred to this before, based yeah. on memorable yeah. moments so that people reach out to them and ask them for help. Does that make sense? Yeah, and, and and you do. You, you, I'm, I'm assuming that you do majority of that online today. All of it online. Okay. All of it. All of. Yeah, I mean, um, I used to run some live events, but since COVID, no. I'm, and I might get back to that, but I'll probably do them online anyway. To be quite frank with you, right? But to me, it, the key the key bit is you need to you need to be able to. Put yourself in a situation, and this is what I do. I help people to get confidence to be able to be proud to serve people, not sell them. To have the guts to get on the call to say, Fred, it's Peter Beckham here. Is this at a convenient time to speak with you? But before I even do that, Fred, you know I'm going to call you because I've organised that beforehand. And that's all part of the coaching. I teach people how to build a relationship with Fred Gillen first so that when the call comes place and I say, Fred, would it be a problem if I left you my calendar link so we could get on a call together? Notice what I said? Yep. Would it be a problem? I'm asking for a no, right? 
would it be a problem if I uh, left my calendar link? And if, if you say no, then we're on a call. It's the opposite of asking for a yes. Does that make sense? It's really yeah, and, and 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 it's and it's obviously very deliberate. But when you think about it, like does like everybody says no means no. Well, actually, in your case, no means yes. Correct. Correct. So, so it's an interesting play on words. Whereas, well, in most... a way, yes, but in a way, what it's doing. This is the key thing. I no, sorry, interrupt you, Fred. Yeah, no, no, it's fine. The key, the key part of what I, you asked me about my coaching, and I didn't want to spend time promoting that. I mean, I'm just trying to help today, right? Yep. But the key thing is this. You need to earn the right to ask people questions. Secondly, you should never assume that you know what their problem is. And thirdly, you need to seek permission at every stage of any sales conversation with people. That Power. is the absolute reverse of traditional selling. Yeah, and it, but when you think about it, like it's, it's so logical and, you know, it, I'm trying to think of the right word around it, but when, when you package it like that together, it just, to me, it just, and maybe it's because I'm in the industry, but it just seems to be the valid thing to do, right? So... It, and, Fred, you know, I, I love it. I mean, I, you can do it. I mean, I'm passionate about this stuff. Right? And I'm 76 yeah, yeah, years of age, yeah. right? <laughs> and, I, and the one part of the sales thing that people hate is prospecting, right? You know what, Fred? I've got to stop myself from doing it because I have so much fun doing it. Because to me, I don't think of it as prospecting. I don't think of it as sales. I don't think of it. All I do is think about building a relationship with a new person. And here's a, here's a very simple idea. And you probably will not take this up, but I'm going to tell you because it works. Whenever somebody reaches out to me for the first time on LinkedIn, on social media, on Facebook, wherever it is, okay, then I will always leave them a, a, either a video or a voice clip, never a text message. And by the way, there's a very good reason for that because I'm the world's worst typist, right? And but what I do is this. Fred, I'm delighted to accept your connection request. Thank you so very much indeed. And I, on the screen in front of me, I can see that your tagline, you do X, Y, and Z. You know what? I'm looking forward to finding out a bit more about that. But before we do that, I have a suggestion for you. Would it be a problem for you if I left you my calendar link here? So we could get on a call just for five or 10 minutes so you can tell me what gets Fred Gillen out of bed in the morning, what drives you, what's your why? Because once I understand that, then the business opportunities we have together could be unlimited. But until I know that, I haven't got a clue. That's what I do. So, and, and like, I'm glad I'm recording this. So, <laughs> but so... I'll ask a question about that. So if is that um, your test cert to see if they respond? And if they don't respond, you don't go any further? Or No. Okay. <laughs> so so, so basically, my, que yeah, my question is, so if they don't respond um, within a certain time frame, do you do anything or not? Yes, I do. If they don't respond once, only once, because there's millions to pick from, right? And yep. I just want to have fun. Okay, I, I, I make this enjoyable. If, if I left you a voice message, 
or video message and you didn't respond, Fred, then I just, I mean, I use uh, a CRM, okay, Customer Relationship Management, bit of software called Agile. It's free anyway, right? But there's many of those around. And I, it just reminds me, Fred didn't respond. So this is what I do. Hey, Fred, I noticed you didn't respond to my voice clip about X, Y, and Z. You know, I just listened to it. My godfather, it sounded like I'm giving a eulogy at my grandfather's funeral. No wonder he didn't respond. Or sounds like I'm giving a speech at the United Nations. I'm so damn serious. No wonder he didn't respond. Or I just poke fun at myself. Yep, yep. That always, nearly always gets a response. But if it doesn't, finish. Right? Because, to be quite frank, when people don't respond to a request to want to get on a call to talk to you about themselves, not their business, all they're trying to do is flog their business to you. Yeah, right. and that's and that's ninety percent of the connection requests you get. Yeah. Sure. Yep. Now, when people send me a connection request and I accept it, and bing straight away, they send me, for example, on Facebook a text with links and all this sort of stuff. You know, typical spam, right? I will I'll give them one sentence answer. I'll say, Fred, is this working for you? That's all I say in a voice clip, Fred. Interesting. Is this working for you? Fred thinks, because he's got all this stuff in his head. I'm not talking about you personally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's thinking, ah, he's interested. Yeah, I made 10,000 bucks last month. Da, 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 da. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm asking you, is this way of marketing to me working for you? Because it's sure not working for me. That's my point. And I've got clients from that, Fred. I've actually got clients from that. Some of them get affronted, okay, and they even unfriend me. Well, hallelujah, who cares, right? Okay. But others say, well, what should I do? I said, well, you're doing the worst thing possible. How do you know whether I need your X, Y, Z? Okay. And some of the worst offenders, oh, I won't go down there. Okay, okay. There's, there's, you know as well as I do, there's, there's certain areas within social media who are notorious for flogging their stuff right yeah yeah no it's um, so true anyway does that make sense yeah no 100 percent um i we've, we've just gone over the, the 20 minutes are coming close to it um and i i try and you know make these nice short little podcasts rather than going on for the hour that normal people do because i as you know i'm not normal but um, so is there any, if for the listeners that may be starting out in business, right? Uh, and they're, you know, maybe a year or two in whatever else. Is there any snippet of advice that you'd care to, to share for somebody? To, like you mentioned um, lead generation and cold, like cold calling or um, whatever it might be. Is there any advice that you could give somebody starting out? Yeah. And how to get better okay. results. Okay, I better go quick because I know time's against us because you just asked me a question I can spend all day on, right? First of all, you need to have a process. You need to have a process to generate leads. You need to have a process to get a percentage of those leads and convert them into customers. And you need to have a process or a system to nurture those customers so they become advocates. If you don't have those processes and systems in place, you don't have a business, you've got a hobby. Okay? That's that's 
critical. You need to have that in place. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Now, great statement there about like you don't have a business, you've got a hobby. And, and I think that's where a lot of people, like particularly online, starting out, find themselves that they've just, it's really a hobby because they're not, not committed to it. Well, and that's, that raises an interesting point, Fred, commitment. Because what is key for those people who are listening to this, and I'm really hoping I'm helping somebody, right? You need to invest in yourself. If you aren't prepared to invest in yourself, then again, you're running a hobby. You're playing games. And the investment's got three aspects to it. And the first two are the most critical, and you control them. The first one is your commitment to make the changes necessary in order to be a success. The second one is time. Are you prepared? to put the time in, in order to achieve the transformation that you want. If you're not committed to changing or, prepare, or, or, or spending the time in it, then it doesn't matter what the money investment is, it's not gonna work. But if you can convince me, Fred, that you are definitely, you've got the guts, you've got the intestinal fortitude, you want to achieve the change you want. And secondly, you are prepared to invest the time to make that happen, then I'll make sure from a coaching perspective, that I put an investment in terms of the money that fits your budget to make it work for you. I think that's a great way to end it, Peter. Um, so if people want to actually take you up on that offer, that you can help them achieve their goals in, in, by coaching them, um, how do they get in, get in touch with you? PeterBeckenham.com. Nice and easy. I'll actually put that in the, in the notes as well, in the, the, the show notes as well. So we'll make sure easy. that we get some leads happening on that. So I, um, I appreciate your time today, as always. And uh, this is the first one of the relaunch of More Marketing Ideas podcasts. And what an impressive lot of golden nuggets we've achieved today. I appreciate your time, Peter. Thank you, Fred. Enjoyed helping. All the best. No worries. I'll stop the recording. Well, now it's time for a word from our sponsor. And right now, that's me, Fred Gillen, your host of More Marketing Ideas podcast. Yes, just like you, I'm in business and I'm here to help. If you would like to have a free, no obligation consultation with me to see how I can work with you and your business to help you attract more clients, pre-qualify them and build your business, then simply reach out to me on Facebook Messenger at m.me forward slash more marketing ideas. So it's that easy. Just reach out, let's get together and uh, see what we can do to help grow your business. It's Greg Gillen at More Marketing Ideas Podcast. Take care and have a great day.